I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Thank you for being along on the program today. And in our final hour, we have some things that we really need to chat about. And one is this one. There has been, uh, how can we say it, uh, a rather tense relationship between President and candidate and citizen Trump. And uh, then a presidential candidate, now senator, and back in the day businessman Mitt Romney. This has not been an easy relationship. Boyd Matheson is joining me right now. I thought, Boyd, it would be fun to kick this around because now we are hearing the rumblings. We saw all the tweeting wars over the weekend. And, oh, my goodness, some of the things that end up uh, especially, uh, well, in the in the world in general of tweeting, but also from the White House, and today we're hearing that there are serious heavyweight GOP donors who would like to somehow donate to and entice Mitt Romney to basically ride in on a white horse and rescue the Republican Party. Uh, You know, everything that I used to think was totally out of reach and, yeah, like, you know, what what are you smoking type topics. Now I go, I don't know, in this world, maybe it could happen. What are your thoughts on that? Not going to happen. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> now, there, 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 there are two politicians who are exactly on the same page with one thing, and that is doing exactly what they said they would do. And ironically, it's President Trump and Mitt Romney. Yeah. Uh, and Mitt is doing exactly what he said he would do. That he would be with the president when the policies are right and the agenda moved was good for Utah and for the American people and that he would stand on principle on other things and he would not hesitate to call out the president or anyone else for that matter. Uh, whether that was the party bosses and Mitch McConnell, uh, if they were doing things that didn't match up to, to that. So, so Mitt Romney's been absolutely consistent in that area, as has President Trump, who said, look, this is who I am. This is how I'm going to be as president. So they've been consistent that way. Uh, and again, that leads to some kerfuffles, uh, along the way. Uh, the Vanity Fair piece that you're uh, that you're referencing in terms of these big donors trying to entice Mitt, uh, just not going to happen. Uh, I think the Vanity Fair piece was uh, very loosely written, to uh, say the least. The uh, if you look closely at it, uh, it says an advisor right. to Romney. Right. Now, people people need to understand that an advisor. I mean, he could be the doorman <laughs> at the Marriott in Washington, who Mitt went up to and said. 
which way is it, you know, to the McDonald's? Uh, and they yeah. advised him on how to get there. Well, see, so, I've advised Mitt Romney, too. Yes. You know, behind the scenes <laughs> at the Olympics, this was the Paralympic, you know, opening there at the city and county building. Yeah. I was backstage with him and uh, Rocky Anderson. And I remember I, I asked uh, uh, that time, Mr. Romney, I said, well, you know, what what's next for you? And he goes, oh, well. And I said, well, what, are you thinking about running for governor? He goes, do you think I should? <laughs> and so I advised, you advised him. You're an advisor. I advise, so you can I, be an anonymous source in Vanity see, Fair, Doug. Well, this, this is a big day for you. I am a real <laughs> advisor to Mitt Romney because yeah. I did advise him what to do, and he didn't do it. Yeah. Now I do think it's important, <laughs> which means, which is which is. Well, I'm not going to go there. We'll, yeah, we'll I, save that I, for another day. I said, I said, well, how about running for governor? And he goes, which state? And I said. Utah. Yes. <laughs> and so you can, I had a lot of impact. Yes, definitely. You know? And now I do think it's important to, to point out that there are uh, big donors, traditional Republican donors, uh, who are trying to hedge their bets and look for an alternative. And I think if the right person did emerge, uh, I think you would see some of the, that money flowing to that candidate. Uh, you've right. got three Republicans who are in the race right now. Uh, none of them have really caught the traction yet uh, in terms of Mark Sanford or Joe Walsh or uh, Governor Weld. Uh, they have not been able to entice the donors to, to put some real big money behind them, but they're but they're all funded. All of those folks are funded. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a Mark Sanford do a cruise through Utah and through the West and some of the states that are on his message, which is all about fiscal responsibility right. and the national debt and, and those kinds of things. So there is money out there. Uh, Mitt is is doing exactly what he said he would do as senator. He says, as Senator Romney, I'm going to I'm going to focus on the issues that are impacting Utah. And I'm going to call out things that I think are wrong in Washington. Uh, and I'm going to promote those things that I think are right. So I think he's been, wh whether you like him or not, whether you're a big supporter of Senator Romney or not, you have to say that he has been consistent uh, in terms of what he said he would do and what he has been doing. I happen to agree with you. I cannot imagine the scenario. But as I mentioned, I said things very similar to that during the 2016 election as to who would be the next president of the United States. Yeah, let's so, not go back to the tape. I think we all uh, yeah. missed a little bit. Oh, yeah, you, you go back to the tape and you just go, okay, yeah, I said that. No, yeah, I said that. Yeah, I was absolutely wrong. But I, I agree with you. I cannot imagine what it would really take. And people who have... Uh, mixed feelings on mm -hmm. on President Trump, and especially those who are somewhat dismayed by President Trump, have come up to me just in casual conversation yeah. or at lunch, and they've said, "Well, you know, hey, there, there's no way he'll get a, a a second term." And I said, "Tell me who'll beat him." Yeah, and boy, that sobers everybody up in a that's big right. darn hurry. Yeah, that's right. And I think there's an, a really interesting group that is emerging that no one's really talking about. A lot of times, people say, "Well, it's the independents that are going to decide this election," but there's actually a different group. Uh, they're, they're kind of the persuadables. It's about 21% of the electorate, uh, and they they aren't independents. They're either declared Democrats or declared Republicans right. uh, who have become disengaged because they're so sick of everything from both sides. <laughs> right. And right. the really interesting thing is the – so they're first deciding whether or not they will show up and vote uh, because they're just turning it off because they're out – doing their job, raising their family, you know, making a difference in and the I'll community. And I'll tell you, that's something that could really sink President Trump right now. Imagine all those Rust Belt folks that put that's him right. over the top and yeah. people who just wanted somebody who was 
I'll use the term, plain spoken. Yeah. And if they have become disenchanted and they don't have to vote for somebody else, they just have to not show up. Yeah, that's and that's a that's a big, big part of it. And the really interesting thing is the what motivates those people to engage in the process is community, personal yeah. responsibility. Uh, upward mobility or or opportunity. And so it's really interesting. It's a lot of the things we have going here in Utah uh, that entice those persuadables, that movable middle of the country uh, to actually engage. And I think whether the economy stays where it is or not, that's going to be a, a, a big factor uh, in terms of how the, the president does. And then how far to the left does do the Democrats go in terms of their candidate? Uh, that's going to be, uh, those are probably the two biggest factors. The economy keep rolling and what do the Democrats do? Do they go really left they go elizabeth warren left uh or do they find someone who's a little more in that persuadable space the other thing too that i wonder and we have seen this before where somebody emerges like a ross perot yeah. like a john anderson like yeah and that list goes on who really can't win but they can become a kingmaker. That's right. Yeah, and, and that, that's going to be a fascinating thing to, to to watch in 2020, especially as you see the the the, the craziness of the political part of the impeachment process. Uh, again, it's going to drive some people away, uh, and it will drive some people further into the middle, uh, where a yeah. candidate like you suggest uh, may emerge and says, "Well, you know what? I can't vote for this person on the left, and I can't vote for President Trump on the right." Uh, but I can at least go cast a vote because that's right. my duty. So that'll be fascinating to watch. You know, the other thing about big donors, they're big donors because, one, they're either very wealthy and they're very smart with their business yeah. decisions. They're not going to waste money. That's right. On, on a misguided donation. The other thing, too, it might be a big organization that wants to make a statement, but they've got to make sure that that statement is made. Yeah. And they're not going to throw that money away either. That's right. So uh, I, I think that for some of these big donors to really shell out big donations, they would have to have somebody that could really make their point, have a shot at either being a kingmaker or winning. That's right. And I'm that this this political landscape is indecipherable. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is really crazy. And, and I do think, again, that going back to the Vanity Fair piece, I, I just don't see any scenario where that is part of Senator Romney's calculus at this right. point. I think he's very focused in terms of his agenda, uh, what he wants to do for the state and the country. Uh, and I think those big donors, again, it's not all the big donors. Some of those big donors are, are solidly behind President Trump. Uh, but there is a faction of the big donors who are saying, if there's a, an alternative, uh, we'll, we'll take a look. Uh, but there hasn't, there's nothing on the horizon there, and uh, the answer is not going to be uh, Senator Romney. Being the editorial page, uh, opinion page uh, editor at the Deseret News, do you ever wonder if, you know, I mean, I don't want to accuse anybody with the prestige of Vanity Fair of being kind of inquirer-based, <laughs> but do you ever wonder if they're just going, you know, we don't have anything good to, how about if we just kind of go with this? <laughs> little clickbait today. What yeah. if big donors started, <laughs> devote, you know, devoting their money to Boyd Matheson or, oh, no, let's go to Mitt Romney? Yeah, they're, they're, obviously there's a, there's a lot of that out there in terms of how do we stir it, you know, how do we create a headline that people are going to click on? It's all about that's eyeballs right. and marketing and all of those things, uh, and that's a, that's a sad part of of where we are, uh, because it's becoming harder and harder to get the attention of the American people. Uh, and while on one hand we can point to the the Vanity Fairs and and some of the uh, those in the the big media that are doing that, but it's also a we the people issue. That's true. Uh, they're doing it because we're responding to it. That's right. Uh, and we and we have to remember as much as we complain about all that's wrong in Washington. 
we the people send back 94% of incumbents right. win re-election every cycle. So part of it is we got to be a little more discerning uh, and we have to raise the bar as citizens in terms of what we're taking in and what we're responding to. I always bring this up that uh, we've always said that we do get the politicians we deserve. Yeah. yeah. And that kind of leaves you with an interesting... <laughs> Aftertaste yeah. sometimes. Yeah, well, it was Justice Gorsuch. It was Justice Gorsuch. Uh, just yeah. you know, with his uh, new book, uh, "A Republic If You Can Keep It," uh, yeah. quoting Ben Franklin. So yeah. we, we get what we get. Boy, I always enjoy the conversation. Thanks so much, Doug. You're going to trek up to the higher floors now. Just back to the fifth. All right, I'll, I'll buy you <laughs> I'll free take, diet coke I'll take up the there. Fifth. I'll yeah, get you'll you drink. you'll take the fifth. <laughs> hit hit number five in the elevator here <laughs> Thanks, at Doug. Broadcast House. All right, we're going to take a break. I want to come back and get your reaction to all of this. So stay with us. Don't forget our text uh, message line is always. Open for you, our Utah Community Credit Union text message line at 57500. You can leave us a voice message too at 801 575 7668.